Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Sermons Podcast. At Legacy Church, we help people find their identity in Jesus and their place in His mission to impact the world through the gospel. We ask that you grab your Bibles, listen up, and we hope that you hear a great word from the Lord today. Well, how's everybody doing this morning? You guys cold? <laughs> I'm cold too. Uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning with everybody, with family, with our friends, with uh, our spiritual family. And today, I believe, is going to be a great day. Uh, actually, story is that I was not actually supposed to preach today, but Brandon and his, his wife and his family has grown this past week while they introduced their uh, newborn to this earth. So we thank the Lord that... It was a, a very healthy uh, delivery, and we praise God for all that he's doing in the Wash family. Amen? Amen? So today, I have the privilege and honor to teach the Word of God. And, you know, on this particular text, I will have to admit to you today that it was kind of a little bit intimidating to teach this particular te uh, text because it's kind of intense. And Peter's flow and how he writes is pretty intense. Even though he's trying to encourage the church, even though he's trying to empower the church, even though he's trying to call the church to live in a way that is obviously honoring and pleasing to the Lord, to help them be mindful of those who are out there that don't mean people well spiritually, uh, he wanted to bring warning and even correction in certain areas. So he, he did it all in this, this particular letter. But interestingly enough, in this particular text... Uh, it, it helped me take a little inventory of how I start my week, how I start my day, and what it is I'm thinking about. And one of those things that I couldn't help but notice is that this week, uh, in these past couple weeks, after Pastor Kevin preached uh, an amazing sermon last week. How many enjoyed Pastor Kevin's sermon last week? Amen. Uh, it's kind of like a, a second part of last week, and it's kind of like part two, but a different speaker, of course. Um, but the thing is, uh, after last week, I couldn't help but notice my normative thing that I did when I wake up in the morning sometimes. You know, you get, your, you get the kids ready for school, you, you read a little text here from the Bible, but you're in a rush a little bit. And so my morning is usually in a pretty big hurry, but sometimes uh, I notice that there's another normative thing that I do, and that is I turn on the TV and I start watching the news. And sometimes when you watch the news, you can't help but notice that there are things that are going on in this world that are just kind of traumatic in a sense, right? Well, as, as we all know, we just had an election uh, moment. And, you know, as the news continues to share their talking points and things of that nature, it's kind of like if you're either on the right or left or in the center, no matter who you vote for, whatever you think, if you vote for the wrong person, you're going to lose your soul. It's kind of what you, it's like, whoa, man, calm down, people. At the end of the day, we have other things that are going on in today's world, and one of the things is our economy. People are nervous. They're worried. There's inflation. Uh, there's interest rates that are going up. There's, you know, possible chances of recession, and we keep going forward, and they keep watching. I keep like, what, what else is going on? Because I'm a curious person. And then there are people in our, in, I, I would say, some celebrities that are saying things that they probably shouldn't be saying, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things. So what else did I do? 
Sometimes I go in and I say, you know what, let me try something different. I'm going to go to social media and take a look there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know you guys are laughing because you do it too, right? Yep, I know. But at the same time, when you take, when you take a look at it and start looking at social media, uh, I couldn't help but notice that, you know, there are people out there that are living this glorious life and this life that they talk about. They're so braggadocious about it that they're saying, basically, if you don't live the life that they're living, then you're not living at all. And I'm like, man, that's not right. And then next thing you know, you get caught up in these reels and you just keep watching and you keep watching. Some of them are very funny and some of them are extremely disturbing. And, you know, at the end of the day, it just keeps going, right? But you can't help by the end of all that you're doing, whether you're watching the news, social media, or if you're watching a show, you can't help but notice that there is a weight on yourself. There's this particular weight that comes from maybe the broken nature that comes from this world. Has anybody ever been there? Because sometimes when I watch the news, sometimes when I'm on social media, I can't help but feel this weight on me. But there's, I want to piggyback off of something that Kevin stated last week, and I'm just going to share it with you guys today because even though all of that is going on, we do have good news for you today that Jesus is coming back again. Amen? Oh, you guys don't sound that excited. I'm, I'm kind of concerned. I'm going to say it one more time. Jesus is coming back again. Okay, thank you. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, but honestly, it's one of those things, but... As, he, as Pastor Kevin was even teaching us last week, we should always rejoice in the fact that Jesus one day is going to return for his people. He is going to return for his church. But at the same time, we rejoice in the fact, especially from verse 8 and verse 9, that he has given us this opportunity and this hour for us to come to repentance and to allow other people, maybe you know people that could come to repentance right now. So we're in this hour full of grace and full of his love and full of his patience. And you know what? At the end of the day, we shouldn't take advantage of that, but we should rejoice in that and participate in it. Amen? But if we take a look at uh, verse, uh, chapter uh, 3, verse 10 through 8 in 2 Peter, I'm going to read the whole text from verse 10 to verse 18, and we're going to take it from there. But it states, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burnt up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for the hastening of the coming of the day of God, because which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given, uh, given to him, as, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them for these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. 
You, therefore, beloved, knowing, the, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Yes, I love that. Yes. So today I, I have to share with you a little disclaimer. Sometimes I do a disclaimer because, you know, in this particular text, I feel that Peter is not only encouraging, but he's also somewhat intense in this particular part of the text. I believe that Peter is writing the church to really wake them up to the number, well, number one. Last week, we understand to bring to mem- remembering uh, all the things that Christ did and even remembering what happened in the days of the flood, in the days of destruction with water. But then he uses, utilizes this language of fire. And, you know, he continues with uh, those statements. But in this particular part of the text, he starts, but the Lord will come like a thief. Reminding the church that, you know, there's coming a day at an unexpected time where Jesus is going to return. And the heavens will pass away like a roar. Uh, the heavenly bodies will pass away. They will melt. And sometimes when you look at the heavenly bodies will melt, what are you talking about? At the end of the day, he's talking about the cosmos, the things that we see out in space. Everything is coming to an end as we know it, basically. He is trying to share with the church at this moment that there are things that are going to happen that are going to really, you know, wake everybody up. But then he asked the church, what, other, what kind of people should you be? What kind of person should God find? What kind of person ought you be until this moment comes? And he tries to encourage the church to think through uh, what we would say the word of holiness and uh, the word godliness. And even as you look at the words of holiness and godliness, I can't help but state that in holiness, holiness is this word that means to be apart, to be set away from the things that are here in this earth. And to be godly is to to show that you are worshiping well. You're worshiping the Lord well. As a matter of fact, your, your, your spiritual body is in a posture that gives honor and glory to God all the time. That is what he's challenging the church. What should you think about until he comes? He utilizes those two words to kind of gravitate the thoughts. And even as you read through 10 and 14 and verses and you take a look at them, he even utilizes this language that we have to be diligent. And that's a, a key word that I want to be, I want to use today. Be diligent. I think there's a calling for us as Christians to be diligent, to continue to walk in our faith, to walk in Christ, to be awake and to be aware, to be intentional in every aspect of our lives. Be diligent. And the reason why we are to be diligent so that when he finds us without spot or uh, blemish and at peace. You know, if we take a look at our personal lives, especially my life today, I can't help but notice and remember a story that, you know, even here in our current day, there's so much that's going on. There's so many distractions, but we cannot neglect the fact that Jesus truly is coming back one day. And he's coming back at an unexpected time. And within that unexpected time, he's going to come like a thief, right? 
And I can't help but remember a story that happened to me when I was like 18 or 7. Somewhere back in the year 2000, I had a 1992 Ford Escort that was awful. It was awful. It broke down all the time. It was not that luxurious of a car, right? But in this car was something that I would say is a little luxurious. Back in that day, we were all about the CD player. You remember that, the CD player? You buy that special one from Best Buy. And then all of a sudden, what I did is I, I wanted to be like some of my friends who had the subwoofers and, and a 600-watt app. So I went ahead and bought a 600-watt app and 15-inch subwoofers. And I enjoyed the Escort at that time because I had something in the car that I felt was nice. But I think somebody in the community must have known that I was driving with the amp and the subwoofers. And then one day at night, they came like a thief in the night, which they were, and they took the most valuable things in the car. They took the most value. They took my CD player, they took my subwoofer, and they took the 600-watt amp. And you know the 600-watt amp, you have to screw it on. So these guys were professionals. So... You can't help but notice that they came for something so, so valuable. The car was breaking down all the time, but the thief wanted something different than the car. He wanted the thing that was most valuable to a lot of high school people at that time. And here's the thing. That's what Jesus is going to do when he comes and returns for us. He's coming back for something specific. He's coming back for something that resembles and honors and pleases him. He's coming back for someone who lives a life that is on point, that is living a life that is diligent and is focused and is working to please God in every area of their lives. So even as we talk about the end times, even if we utilize the language that the day of the Lord is coming, he, we see the language, we understand the language that everything around us as we know it is going to come to an end. But the question for us, Legacy Church, is what people do we want God to find when he comes back one day? And when it comes to myself, I want him to come back while he finds me, while I'm continuing my relationship with him. I'm walking in faith. I'm praying. I'm doing everything I can to honor the Lord. My relationship continually grows. And yes, one day everything will melt away. Yes, I know that things will catch fire. But you know what? In, in verse 14, he says those things are going to come. But at the end of the day, there's going to be we got to have some sense of peace. That's interesting. There is a 1990 song. I'm showing my age today. I don't know why. Uh, there's a 1990 song sang by R.E.M. It's kind of like that. It's the end of the world, and we know it, but I feel fine. Okay, so we all know that song. Okay, that's, that's good. But seriously, it, it kind of gets to the point that we understand that the end is coming. But because we are in Christ, because we abide in Christ, because we are living and loving uh, Christ and growing in him, we are at peace because he's coming to establish something that we've been participants in because we are worshiping and honoring him on a daily, uh, a daily spectrum, on a, on a daily process. And in that, I just, even in this, I will say this. The reason why I'm showing my age is because I, I just can't help but remember, because he, Peter utilizes the language holy 
and godly. Even for us, we must remember the word holy to be set apart, to be different. Kind of like aliens here on this earth, not participating in the things that everybody else does. But we're participating in the things that are different because God calls us to it, right? And I couldn't help but remember a show back in the late 90s, early 2000s called Third Rock from the Sun, right? Anybody remember that show? Okay, so from Third Rock of the Sun, I remember that this is about a show that has to do with aliens that came here to this earth. And they were coming to discover what this whole earth is about, you know. And as they were discovering what the whole earth was about, they had to assimilate. They had to become like this earth. They had to become like the people in this earth, meaning they had to take on the practices of the people here in this world. But here, I want to let you know, even though we're called to be like aliens, we're not called to be like third rock from the sun. Why? Because they're adapting to what goes on here in this world. Jesus is calling us to be different. He's calling us to look like him. Amen? And it's like if we utilize the language that Peter is stating that we are diligent, I want us to continue to think through this thought process that we have to continue to walk in a relationship with the Lord where we're growing and where we're maturing, but we mature because we're seeking him first. As a matter of fact, uh, it goes back to there's a scripture that Jesus talks about in Matthew 6, verse 33 through 34. And it's, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's focus on today. Let's focus on now. Let's regard the relationship we have with the Lord today. Let's take advantage of the moments to seek after his righteousness, his goodness, his holiness. Let's figure out ways to be in the kingdom of God more so than the kingdom of this world. Let's not assimilate to look like this place, but let's assimilate to look like the Lord. Which brings me to the first thought. We must be diligent to live righteously be diligent to live righteously you know righteous living is a calling to to look and seek after the things of the lord we must be diligent intentional to look like him honor him walk in a way that's pleasing to him that's what peter is kind of insinuating to the church what up what people ought you be until he does come, be holy, be set apart, be godly, live a life that is full of worship and honor and pleasing, uh, pleasing to the Lord. And seek first who he is in everything that you do. Seek Jesus first. That's the attitude, that is the calling that we need to find ourselves. And one day when he does come back, even if we see that the, the stars in the skies are melting, everything is coming to an end, and he is coming back one day, we need to have peace because he's coming back and finding us living in a way that's honoring and pleasing to him. That's the type of people we want to be when he comes back, right? 
And that's the type of people he's coming back for. Spotless, blameless people. Not caught up in the rhetoric in this world. Not caught up in the things and functionalities that really take away and cause us to live in the broken nature of this world. But he's calling us to look different in every way, to live in a way that's honoring and pleasing to him. You know, even as we take a look, I remember uh, this old song. I think, I don't know if you're, for me, I'm 40 years old. <laughs> and people always ask, are you really 40? I am fairly 40. Uh, but the thing is, I remember a song back in the day. And it was called, Holiness, Holiness is What I Long For. Does anybody remember that song? You guys remember it? Okay. Should I sing it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah? Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to try. So it was like this. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. You like that? Need. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like the next part. He says, so take my heart and form it. Take my mind, transform it. Take my will, conform it to yours, to yours, O Lord. That's the people he's coming back for. I want us to be reminded not only by that song, but how we are to live in this world. Because that's who he's coming back for. But in verse 15, Peter reminds the church about, you know, what he was stating in verse 8 and 9. How, you know, the day of the Lord, he's not being slow to the hour of him coming back. God is not being slow. He's being patient. He's being a God that is full of grace and is full of love. And I think even Pastor Kevin asked an amazing question last week, and I will ask the same question. For some of us, if God had come back maybe 30 minutes before you had that revelation of who Jesus is, what would the outcome have been? You know, maybe a year before you made that decision. The question is, what would we do if that time came and we missed that? Man, that's a pretty tough question, right? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add on to this, okay? I'm going to add on to this question because at the end of the day, we need to recognize this, that there is an hour of grace. There is a space for God who's coming back. And yes, we should never take advantage of this time in, in the sense of not doing anything about anything. We should not take advantage of this time by adapting to the world and looking like it. By neglecting the fact that there are people out there that have absolutely no knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. But Peter suggests in this that, you know what, this hour is for those who are coming to repentance. This hour is for those who need salvation. You know, we have a team from Bolivia here today that wanted to meet us this morning. And, and they, they're going to meet us this morning. And one of the things is they are a part of a, a, a world that's full of darkness. But because of even what Peter suggests to this church, within this hour, within this time, within this time frame that we have until he comes back one day, we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that the gospel is known to all people 
before he does come back. You see these boxes in front of us, and the boxes represent a child that needs to come to know Jesus in an area that has no understanding of who Jesus is or maybe the gospel altogether. So these boxes represent children or families or friends or people that just need to know who Jesus is. So I'm going to say it like this. Whenever we see boxes like this, whenever we hear that a team is coming, it's not just to make us feel good in life, but there's something attached to it. There is the great commission in which is attached to what is going on here with the boxes, with the teams that come in. We need to make sure that we recognize that there are people that need to come to know Jesus today, right now. There are people within our sphere of influence, whether they're our friends, whether they're our family, whether they're acquaintances from work. There are people that need to know Jesus right now. This hour, this moment, this time is not so that we can binge watch on Netflix, but it's truly that we can just adjust to what the Lord is calling us into and do our best to share the gospel message to those who don't know it. This is an hour we live in. We don't need don't neglect his patience to do whatever we want. I think that's the temptation not only for you or myself, it's the temptation for all of us who are believers to neglect or maybe ignore the fact that Jesus is coming back again, but there are people who don't know who he is. And that should, at some level, hit us, right? At some level, that should hit our hearts. Because people need an opportunity to come to know who he is. And we have the attitude here at Legacy Church that we're going to do everything in our power so that the name of the Lord is known not only in our community, not only in our cities, but even in the world. In whatever capacity that the Lord gives us, that's what we're going to do. But we need to be reminded that we are called to something. We are called to look different. We're called to righteous living. But we need to be diligent to also lead others to Jesus. Can I get an amen on that one? We need to do our best in, our, in the sphere of influence that we have to share our faith. You know, for some of us, it can be a little bit of an intimidating thing, obviously. Because some family members know us very well, and they know us from maybe the past that we used to live in. But still, because we love them, we want to share because of the hour that he's full of grace and we want to make sure that we're full of his love so that we can share his message. So don't take this moment as, as him being slow. Don't take this moment and forget the fact that there are people who need to know. But let's be diligent that people need to be led to Jesus this morning. Amen. And even as Peter suggests, and he's kind of wrapping up this letter to the churches, saying to them, you know, that there's, yes, there's this day that's coming, but now that we're all on the same page, I want to make sure that we all understand this. There are things within this broken world, there are people within this broken world that are taking the words of Scripture, especially as he's talking to the church, 
where even Paul himself is saying and has agreement. They're basically aligning and saying, Peter's saying, there is no difference in what we're saying at this point when it comes to the coming of the Lord, when it comes to how we are to live our life. We are in agreement on this. And there are those who are out there that are trying to get things twisted in Scripture. They're twisting Scripture. They're twisting his writings. They're twisting all the things that go along with the gospel. But there are certain things that cannot be twisted if we call ourselves believers in Christ. And what he calls them to is to continue to live righteously as we know, lead, be diligent to lead others to Jesus. But in this particular part from 17 to 18, he calls them to mature. He calls them to be mature, to grow up. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if anybody's ever met somebody like me, uh, like not like me, me, but, <laughs> but I don't know if anybody's met anybody where they have a baby and the baby is crying because they need food, they're crying because they need attention, and we think that is the cutest thing in the world, right? But the moment that you get a grown man crying because he needs food or crying because he needs attention, that's not that cute, right? It really isn't. At least I've been told that. <laughs> it's, it's not that cute, but this is what Peter's trying to say. Don't get caught up in the rhetoric of this world. Don't get caught up with people who are teaching and preaching things that are twisted, that are against the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't get caught up in the verbiage that's going on even in our world today. Don't get caught up in the news. Don't get caught up on social media and think that their words have foundation that's going to help us live a better life. Get caught up in the Lord. Grow in the Lord. Get wise in the Lord. Be mature in the Lord. If there's anything to mature on, it's not the way that you think about politics. It's not the way you think about this economy. It's not the way that you think that school needs to be better. It's not in those fashions. It needs to be growing up and getting caught up in the Lord and helping him and, and, and allowing the Lord help you to say what needs to be done at this hour and at this moment. Let us mature in who he calls us to be. And like I stated before, this is a, an intense word, okay? So are you guys tracking with me? Okay. So one of the things that I know that sometimes can be tough for all of us is that it is easy for us to get distracted and to get caught up in those language and those moments. But sometimes we neglect the fact that it is taking away from the fact of us maturing and growing in Christ. So we must be diligent to mature in our faith. Whenever we read scripture, whenever we are going to church, whenever we're coming as a family together, whenever we have discipleship groups, life groups, whenever we have men's groups, women's Bible studies, whenever we have these opportunities, it's not just to take time away from you, but it truly is that we grow and, and mature in our faith together. These are those moments. Don't, we shouldn't take them lightly, but we should be diligent in it to grow, to grow in our faith. So what does that mean? 
I think in the hour that we live in, yes, I think we can assume that there's a few things that are going on today. I, I think we've been asking the same kind of question for many, many months now. I think we can all determine and see that we live in a world full of brokenness, right? I know that we see it. I know that we hear about it. I know that everywhere we go, we can see the ailments of it. We can identify it. But the question at this moment is, is our life, is my life, does it look different than what this world even has to offer? Am I living a life that even when all this passes away, that when Jesus does actually return, when he does do it, that he finds me living in a way that I am growing mature, that I am doing the best that I can to minister the gospel to as many people as possible, that I am living righteously. Whenever we think of what the Lord is doing in our lives currently, how are we responding? You know, at this very moment, I know that there are many people who are coming from different backgrounds at this time, going through different troubles, different situations, or maybe you are in a place where you're growing and then you find yourself living in a way that you're full of joy at the moment, or maybe there are some really, really hard trials. I want to remind us that the people that Peter is writing to are going through a lot of trials and tribulations. But because they're going through trials and tribulations, even at this time, he's still calling them to something. He's not calling them to lower the standards of living, or he's not calling them that you don't have to lead people to Christ. He's not calling them to, to not mature, but he's calling them to mature. I believe at this very moment, at this very hour, it is a season where we as believers need to be diligent and mindful of how righteous we are living. Be diligent or be aware. Are we presenting the gospel? Are we praying for opportunities for people to come to know Jesus? And are we maturing in our faith? These are the questions I want us to think through right now. And as I get ready to close, I want us to really be diligent and think through some of the people right now that's in your sphere of influence that we need to start praying for. I want us to think through the life that we're living right now at this very moment. How are we living it? Is it something that's honoring? Is it something that's pleasing to the Lord? I want us to think through and be mindful of, are we truly growing up right now? Are we maturing in him? In just a few moments, we're about to sing the last song. But before we do sing that last song, I want to say that when it comes to this moment that we're about to have, 
is not just to sing before we get out because I know that it's tempting to say, oh, we're about to end service and we're about to leave and get about our day, right? I think that's the temptation for all of us. All of us are about to end. But I want to make sure that I'm being diligent in this moment. I want to make sure that I'm being as bold as I possibly can at this moment, okay? I want to make sure that when it comes to us and the people that are within this room, whenever we sing this song that we're about to sing, let us keep in mind and let's do an inventory. Am I living righteously? Am I worshiping well in my life with the Lord? At this time, am I leading people to Jesus? Am I maturing? Because at the end of the day, if we're not growing in kindness, if we're not growing in our ability to love, if we're not growing in our ability to, to make sure that we are sharing the gospel in any ca capacity, if we're not growing in that, we have to ask ourselves, how deep is this word in us? And for some of us who might have walked in here, maybe we've been so absent from a relationship with Christ. Maybe it's because we never had an opportunity. Maybe we've never had an opportunity to know who he is. I want to share with you all that this moment right now that we're about to have is for you. This moment that we're about to have in living this righteous or holy life is for you. If you found yourself in a difficult place and you feel that you have not lived up to a place that's honoring to God, this moment is for you. If you've been maybe intimidated or scared, maybe because you don't have the words to say, maybe you feel that you're not good enough to share or whatever it might be, and you feel that maybe my witnessing or my testimony to others that need to know Christ is non-existent because of all of those things, I want to share with you this moment is for you. And maybe some of us are stuck in a cycle, a cycle of life, a way of lifestyle where we're not growing. We're just stagnant. I really believe that in moments like this that God can speak to us. That God is mindful of us. And God, he is willing to help us. And if we take this moment and are diligent in it, I believe that he's going to start a work on all of us that is needed. Because when he does come back, I want him to come back for someone that looks like you and I. Amen? Can we pray? Heavenly Father, we do thank you. We thank you for your spirit who lives inside of us. We thank you for all the things that you're calling us into and maybe even out of at this very moment. I ask by your spirit, Lord, that you awaken in our hearts and our mindsets the things that is honoring and pleasing to you, God. 
Maybe there's areas in our lives that need tweaking. Father, I just ask for those who are struggling out there in their relationship with you because the rhetoric of the world or the condition of their hearts is fixated on something else. But Lord, I would ask that this morning that you would do something new in all of us. Help us to live that righteous life. Guide us in all the areas that we need to honor and worship you. Guide us in all the areas that we need to be set apart and different. Remind us, oh God, to take advantage of the moment to share the gospel for all the people who need to know it. Whether it's our friends, whether it's our families, co-workers, anybody within our sphere of influence, neighbors across the street or down the street. I would ask, Father, by your spirit, Lord, that you would guide us, guide us in these conversations that you are calling us to have because we know, we know that, there, that you're not willing that any should perish, that any should be in an a, a eternal life without you. You're not willing for that. And since you're not willing that any perish, utilize us, use us. Use our vocal cords, use our examples so that we can be diligent in leading people to you. And for some of us, Lord, I would just ask, Lord, that you guide and help us to mature and grow. Some of us have been stuck in different places in life and different cycles. I would ask, Lord, that you would get right in the middle of those cycles that are unhealthy and be Lord. Govern in those areas. And I would ask, Lord, for any person at this moment who has lived a life that is far, far away from you, I pray by the teaching today or just by the power of your spirit, Lord, that you do a new thing. That something happens on the inside to where they decide today is the day that they get to know who you are. And as they get to know who you are, I ask, Father, that you speak to them, you encourage them, you empower them. And I ask, Father, that the work of your ministry is done this morning. For this moment is about you and only you. As we sing the words that we're about to sing, this moment is about you and nothing else. For we are ready, we are at peace. If when everything passes away, from the cosmos to the universe as we know it, to here on earth, we are at peace that what you will establish is righteous and is good. It's in the mighty name of Jesus 
the name which is above every name that we all say. Amen. Amen.